welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 or are you on 16? 16? 16. 16. Episode 16. We've been out here for 16 weeks and we're still making it. Episode 16 of Black Friday. The opinions are not for sale. Thank you again for tuning in. It's been another, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's been a slow week. It's been busy. Every week's busy. You know, there's always a lot of stuff going on, but... Uh, you know, I, I think it was more manageable than uh, previous weeks that we've had. You know, just uh, another week uh, into the ma- uh, majestic Biden economy, as we want to call it. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're, we're, we're making it happen. Uh, man, sheesh. So uh, one of the first things I noticed this week now is that uh, major states like Michigan, California and others have announced that you know they were opening up come February, and now those states are open up for dining and for you know business and gyms and everything else, despite their COVID numbers being higher than when they locked them down before Christmas time. Now, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, you know. I, I'm not a scientist, but kind of does seem like a political move here. Now, if, if I do say so myself, but it just the numbers don't add up. You lock it down when the numbers are lower, but you open when they're higher. There's a transition of power with administrations, and now, oh wow, we got to open up. We got to open up. So I, I don't know how we got there, but that's where we're at now. Coming coming from a state like Michigan, you know, uh, it definitely does seem politicized, especially when Democrats. And people on the left were the exact same ones saying that when Republicans wanted students to go back to school, uh, and then they were like, well, COVID numbers are higher now than when we you know, shut down. How could you let them go back to school? Well, now how can we go back to dining? How can we go back to the gym or getting our hair cut or doing anything anymore? Because COVID numbers are higher than when we shut down. It's hypocrisy. It's it, it just, I don't understand. People who wear the mask like, I, I wear my mask. I try and play it safe. I try to take care of myself and my family. But now people who like just take that religiously and say, "Well, we must protect." I'm 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 kind of over COVID at this point. I'm like, it, it it could not have been that serious because they don't care anymore. Joe Biden won the White House. They must reopen the economy. If either they don't care if you die or they were lying from the beginning, either or. Yeah, guys. Um... It, it's really bad because we're playing politics with people's lives at this point. Um, it, when you think about it, it, people wanted to stay closed because orange man bad, like we've been saying. Um, it, M- Mr. Trump wanted to keep everything open. The president wanted to make sure we protect people while... And, and, here, and here's the thing. The president wanted you to social distance. President wanted to encourage you to wear your mask. He didn't want to mandate you because the government shouldn't be mandating you to do anything. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the government shouldn't, it, it, the government shouldn't be playing politics now that Trump is out of office and Joe Biden is in. Um, it's gross misconduct to me. Honestly, we should be locking people up for it. I, I honestly think because it, I think it goes under conspiracy to overthrow the U.S. government. At the time, Trump was the government, and um, 
I, I, I think it was conspiracy, even though it's almost legal conspiracy because it was an election year. It, it's um, conspiracy. And we know why Gavin Newsom is doing it, because he's about to get recalled in California. Yes, he is. They've reached the threshold of uh, 1,300,000 signatures. All they need is 197,000 more, and they will officially have had enough petitions to start the recall, which is very uh, fantastic. And just as you had mentioned before, yes, we're going to be getting into the whole conspiracy behind the election and everything that came into play there. Uh, Time Magazine, what, what, a, what a bombshell there. We're going to get into that in a second. But like you also said, uh, and Chris said, I think somebody is lying here. And I do think somebody needs to go to jail for this. Some people do need to go to jail for this. They put everyday Americans' lives and livelihoods in the balance. People have committed suicide. People have lost everything. People have lost family members. People have died in a worse mental, that worse state of mental health than we've ever seen before for the fact of we didn't like who was in office. And if we open up, then we're going to prove that he was right the whole time and that we could do this and open up and it wasn't that bad. But now that we have a new administration, we should probably do that right now because, you know, we have to open up now or else we're going to, we're going to lose everything. Or if, if you look into Europe right now where they're having massive anti-lockdown protests, people are literally rising up against mm -hmm. the governments and the police out there. That could very well happen here. I'm not saying it should, or by any means, don't, don't block me, Zuck, don't Zuck me out here. But you keep knocking on the devil's door, one day somebody's going to answer. It's plain and simple. I don't know what people are going to expect right. to happen here. You're right. Um, it, and like I said before, I think it's sedition. I think it's conspiracy to overthrow the government. Um, it, you know, and the worst people is uh, your governor, Chris, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, and Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, who is now blaming Donald Trump for her school problems. Okay, Chicago schools have had problems for years. Chicago has had problems for years because of the dailies and the Democratic machine being run there since, what, the 50s and the 60s. But to blame your entire public school system, which is unionized, the teachers are unionized there, and you can't get rid of bad teachers with unions, but you're going to blame that school system on a man who's only been in politics literally for four years Four, well, four and a half to five, if you count the campaigns. Um, but what, five years? This man has been in office for five years, and Betsy DeVos has not really put in a lot of education initiatives, new initiatives um, to change education. But you're going to blame this man on it? I Please, they can miss me with that, with that mess. That's all I can say. We need to fund education. We need to fund education. How many times have we heard that one? You know, we, we keep cutting education funding when that's one of the biggest lies I've ever heard in my life. We all know we fund education very, very well. We just know that people steal that money and fund it with other crap that doesn't go to the kids. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Who, who's the one who's paying for the campaigns for the people who's advocating for raising the cost of education or raising taxation for education? It's the, the unions, teacher unions. They're the ones who's lining the pockets of these politicians so they can go to Washington and say, we need uh, more funding for education. When all we do is throw money at this issue. It is. It has nothing to do with the money. We spend enough money on education. It has to do with well, so many things, one being the unions where you can't get rid of bad teachers, like Omar said, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's ridiculous. And the fact that 
uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to blame it on Donald Trump, someone who had nothing to do with the awful, abysmal state of her city, um, then that's, you know, and I'm coming from Detroit. I can, like, mm -hmm. look, I, I'd rather live in Detroit than Chicago. I mean, all I, I'm not, people think Detroit's, like, dangerous and bad. Like, it's not the best city, but, like, Chicago, I'm not living in Chirac. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'll stay on Detroit. I'll stay on 8 Mile. Like, that's fine. So, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is, is uh, huffing paint. And then you have uh, Gretchen Whitmer, my governor, is just completely awful. Somebody actually, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, he, um, uh, an African immigrant just uh, declared that he's going to be running as a Republican against her. Um, his name is Austin Chenge, um, a Chenge maybe, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and he's running against her. He's an African, uh, African immigrant, um, went to school in the UK. Uh, he seems like a, a decent candidate. We'll see what comes of that. To be honest, I thought it would be John James, but John James is doing something which I've been around him. campaigns for a long time, and John and it, you show people who you are if you stick to your office. So if he's sticking to the office of senator and he's going to wait it out until the Senate seats open, more power to John James. I doubt so, it. I don't think John James is ever going to run again. I, I like the guy. I really liked his campaign. I wish I could have helped out if I was you know, available to, but. You lose two in a row. It's just—it's it's hard to come back. back. No, it's hard to come but back. But you're still you're popular. popular. It still means you're popular. Are you? You're not a winner. Yes. You're not you're, a winner. Not. Well, See, but you're popular with the common people. It, but the common people aren't the ones giving you millions of dollars. That's the the rich and the you know. If you came up to somebody and said, "Invest in my business," and they said, "Well, your business failed twice," they're not going to keep investing. They're not going to keep investing in John James if he keeps losing. Uh, and as much as I loved John James, I just I don't, don't see him. I just don't see him running again. We need a fresh like, new face. Yeah. Well, I'll it's tell John you this: and Kimberly Clasic, like Kimberly Clasic, got blown out the water twice by Kawisa and Fume out in Baltimore. Well, who, she well, keeps talking like she's gonna run and go big. I mean, it's just but but Christian, it's who, tough who, to sell that as an investment. Who wants to invest in that? Who I don't who, like. Who are you gonna find that? Who are you gonna find that's better to run for that seat? Who are you gonna Somebody find better? And also, I, I'll, tell you this. I'll tell you this. For years, there has been this man. It, his son is in office now because obviously this guy's dead. But um, the former mayor of Jackson, uh. After Forgot his first name, but his last name is Lumumba. He he has been running for that office for years. Kept getting denied. Kept getting denied. He finally wins it. Now, yes, of course, ironically, he dies in his first term. But at the same time, the man never gave up. Uh, there have been instances where people run for stuff for years, and eventually they crack open and win. Um, that's just one instance. I mean, smaller offices, it's easier because, you know, funding is a little bit lighter. But running for, like, John James, for instance, Senate, uh, that's an expensive, you know, uh, race to run. And to run it, you know, consistently, I mean, he ran against Abinow. He lost by 300,000 votes, I believe. And then to Gary Peters, I believe he lost by 150,000 votes. Uh, you know, he closer. I mean, closer. he's getting closer, but I, I don't think that it's – yeah, I don't think he's going to make it uh, to running again. Um, I'm not sure who will. We really don't have a ton of wonderful Republicans in Michigan. A lot of moderates, exactly. a lot of people on the flippity-flop, but we don't have a, a ton of good, strong Republicans. I'm, I'm telling you, you run your best one, and right now he's your best one.
But I, but I will say this. It's harder to win a Senate seat for Republicans. It's harder to win a Senate seat in Michigan than it is to win the governor's mansion. The governor's mansion is doable. I don't think I don't think the Senate is, at least right now. Right, well, let's fingers crossed for Chenge. Maybe he'll win it. We'll, well see. You never know. Well, we'll have to see. It's just tough to see when people lose continuously, then you kind of put more hope in them. It's you know, it's got the investment has to pay off at some point, or else people won't see a reason to get keep. Well, look investing. at Joe Biden. He lost and he lost and he lost and he lost and he lost, and now he finally won. What do you mean? He's been in Congress and in, in political power for but 40 he ran, years. He ran for president three or four times. This is this was like his fourth or fifth time running. Well, yeah, he's he got established credit and everything else. John James doesn't have that. He hasn't served. Yeah, he it. has it now. He's ran twice. People know but he hasn't won. Like Joe Biden was in some sort of political capacity before, you know, the presidential runs and everything else. John James doesn't have that. Yep. I mean, he has the name recognition. Honestly, like, I, I get exactly where Omar is coming from. If I was John James, I might continue. I might continue. But I just, I mean, that's hard. It's hard. It's hard for a family man like him as well. I mean, he has three young children. Uh, you know, I believe his youngest is like three years old. Um, you know, like he he ran twice. You know, his his the first race, his youngest must have been like a year old. You know, I'm sure he doesn't want to continue on that track. I mean, now he has a little bit of break before the the next Senate race in Michigan. But you know, well, here's what we can agree on: the only one who can make that decision right now is John James. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, we'll see who ends up running in Michigan. Um, but honestly, if I, I'm a betting man, Gretchen Whitmer has the mansion again. I'm a, I, I'm I'm gonna say that she's most likely gonna take it again. It's a tough one. That is <laughs> to to swallow. Honestly, if that would be yeah, good. yeah. Uh, for some reason, the uh, the black community for some reason just loves Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. For some reason, I don't know. Uh, they call her Big Gretch. I don't know. She's a woman. That's why. Maybe. Maybe. Yikes. I don't know if that's <laughs> what we're We don't even know what a woman is anymore now by all these gender terms and you know, specifics and everything. We don't even know what, what constitutes being a woman. They love women. Okay. Um, student loan debt. Omar, what, what you got for us here? Okay. So there has been a press conference with the now majority leader, oh my God, uh, Chuck Schumer, Ayanna Presley, who is a United States representative from the state of Massachusetts, and Elizabeth Warren, who is also from Massachusetts, United States Senator, um, <laughs> love, loves to take on the big banks, or whatever she calls it. Uh, apparently they are calling for Joe Biden to unilaterally use his executive order at, uh, power to cancel up to $50,000 of student debt for every American student, which adds up to maybe $1.7 trillion of, of debt. Um, now, I will say this. It is under the federal government's power to, to cancel student debt, but it has to be done by an act of Congress. Joe Biden has been saying, hey, it has to be done through Congress, and I'm only going up to $10,000. Um, 
it, now, of course, I'm under the assumption, hey, you take out your loan, you need to pay your debts off. Um, let's, let's find a way to make that easier by cutting interest rates and making sure we strengthen those programs that if you go into a certain service like or a profession like teaching and you make your payments on time in 10 years, let's make sure we're getting those folks that reliably have done their part to do student loan debt forgiveness. Let's strengthen those programs, but not unilaterally canceling up to 10,000 or even $50,000 of student debt. What do you guys think on that? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure, sure about, about you guys. guys. Uh, oh, there's a. Oh, never mind. Gone. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about you guys, <laughs> but I. I don't have any student debt. Um, I was able to go to school without taking out a single loan. Uh, you know, f going through with scholarships and stuff. I it paid for everything, and I also took college college classes in high school. So for me, uh, it's kind of like a slap in the face for all the hard work I did. I worked full time the entire time at a restaurant. Uh, during college to pay for everything I need for college. So for I when I when people say like, oh no, I I, I owe two hundred thousand dollars or I owe a ton of money, well what's what's your excuse? I was able to do it. I know so many other people were able to do it. You know, I'm not saying get off with a zero dollar like debt, but make it manageable and go for something that you'll be able to pay off. I know people who are going to, you know, prestigious schools a uh, hundred thousand plus in debt and they're going for majors like uh you know history or you know be trying it's, not, be, bad. it's, it's not, not as bad but it's not huh. you're not gonna make it's you're not gonna make, yeah you're not gonna make a lot of money you're not making enough to pay that off uh and that's the thing uh so it's it's very unfortunate and I feel bad for people, but then again, I don't. I'm not a very empathetic person sometimes. You know, if you decided to take out that loan and you decided to become a history teacher, uh, then that's uh, that's on you um, and you can deal with those loans because that's not, it's not on anybody else. But I think we do have to point out that uh, the government is a predatory loan service, basically. They they target students and they try to give them loans. Um, and it, before we had federal student loans, I believe the payment rate on uh, private loans was like, I think it was like 98% or it was very high that most people paid off their loans privately with private companies. But then you have the federal government uh, coming in and offering these loans to every single student, everybody, like basically because private loans were selective, not anyone could just get a loan. Uh, whereas the government is going to give it to anyone and everyone. And obviously we talked about this before, uh, when you just give out loans or, you know, mortgages or whatever to anybody, uh, it does not work out well. What do you think, Chris? Christian? I, I mean, I took, I mean, I got loans to pay, I got bills to pay, you know, every month, something that I signed up for, I know what I got to do. Um, it's not the president's power to do so. Uh, to act like it is, is a genuine disservice. Uh, would I like it? Sure, absolutely. It would be great. Um, also, there's other people that took other measures why they didn't have to pay loans. There's also a, when you do this, it doesn't solve the problem, which is colleges charging absurd rates of tuition when they know the government is going to pay off mm. people debt and their tuition there's no incentive for them to lower the price of the college and it's just going to keep reoccurring it's not going to stop so 
if you want to really address this issue, I recommend you go straight to the source, go to the colleges and get them to drop the price. And I'm not sure exactly how in regards to doing it, but it's not by canceling student loan debt right off the bat. It's the same thing if you apply that to medical insurance, it's the same way. How are you going to, if you insure everybody, it's totally free from the government. What's going to make insurance companies make hospitals charge less money? They're not going to. They're, they're not going to. There's no incentive to. You don't incentivize good things to happen. They're not going to happen. That, that's the bottom line of that. But yeah, I mean, this is it, it's it's a big grab, but it was a big thing that a lot of young voters are voting on. Oh, they're going to cancel our student loan debt. We're going to have a life, and we're going to own something. I mean, it's nice. I want to own something too. It's, you know, I really I aspire to. I really think I'm going to. But yeah, I don't think that's the right way to do it. Right. Um, I mean, like I said before, let's cut the interest rate. Um, let's strengthen, let's strengthen these forgiveness programs that show measured service to your country, like or to society, such as teaching profession, like that person that's going to get that history degree. Um, if he if he or she wants to be a history teacher, hey, ten years pay off. Uh, um, make on-time payments. Let's forgive your loans. Technically, that program is out there, but I know a lot of people who have done it, who have even gone on to get doctorate degrees and have made some contributions to society who have not um, been approved for these programs. Let's strengthen those programs. I'm all for that, but I'm not for unilaterally doing that, which apparently they say he can do because there's been some uh, laws that's been on the books since the 60s that would quote unquote give him the power to do that. Uh, but right now we're in a constitutional crisis with the second impeachment trial. So it's beyond me of how they're going to figure that one out. But um, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that it shouldn't happen. Um, but I do think there are solutions to try to make it a little bit more manageable every month. No, yeah, it's um, it it kind of seems at this point, what can't the president do? Uh, you know, yeah. it's every time that there's something, it's just like, well, the president can technically do this with an executive order. No, that's that's not how it was designed. We the president should not have this much power. The fact that the president mm -hmm. can put through forty executive orders in not even the first month of their presidency is ridiculous. When Biden was calling Trump, you know, Hitler for executive orders and the, the powers that he was using. It's it's ridiculous. I, I'm I'm just sick of the government. I mean I'm 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 beating that dead horse every day saying that the government is just awful. Don't don't trust these people. They're awful. I don't know people who wanna say that Joe Biden's like a hero or Joe Biden's amazing or Joe Biden's gonna save us all. No, he's not. He's he's lining his pockets. He's gonna leave the White House either in a casket or in a limo. Either or, um, you might be in that limo in a casket. You don't know, um, but it's it's eh, they don't care about us. It's very depressing. Oh man, I, I mean, you know, there's just it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I. I it's, it's, man, it's just the laws and the rules and everything that they pass don't apply to them. They apply to us. 
and there's different rules on the playing field for us than there are for them. And it's getting really old. I'm just tired of it. I'm beyond tired of it. Man. So now we got a – looks like another stimulus bill is heading our way uh, to the House and Senate floor, you know, here in the – very, very soon. Omar, what do, you, what do you have for us here too? Well, this COVID-19 fast track, and it's a fast track because – the Democrats are using uh, a little archaic rule called budget reconciliation. And what that is, and I'm gonna try to be brief and explain this really well. What that is, it most bills, especially bills that have to deal with money or the budget, has to have 60 votes in the Senate to pass. But you can use this rule called budget reconciliation to get those 60 vote bills to go down to 51 votes. And of course, the Senate is controlled by the Democrats with a 50-50 split and Kamala Harris, the new vice president, being the tie-breaking vote. So um, last night, the Democrats did do this and by a 51-50 vote, they have fast-tracked a resolution in order to bring, the, bring it everything towards the floor. So in two weeks, they'll be able to vote on a finalized package. At least I think they either it's going to happen in two weeks or they have up to two weeks to do this. Not sure, but in around two weeks, something should happen. Um, now, here's here's the thing about budget reconciliation. Uh, they can't change how much the bill is going to be. It can only go up to one point nine trillion. So it can't go up to three or four trillion. No. That figure stays. What gets funded, um, the rules for funding, the rules for stimulus checks, things like that, there are final amendments that can be moved or whatever. But that's one thing we know it's not gonna it's not gonna be more than 1.9 trillion because of budget reconciliation. But but things can be changed in the law, and we can expect something to happen within two weeks. Um what it since most budget bills are supposed to be 60 votes, which would require bipartisan cooperation, what do you guys think about it? Do you think the Democrats are being hypocrites with this whole unity message, but one of the biggest bills of our lifetime is about to be passed through uh, and passed down our throats without us having a real say-so? Unity means shut up and accept it. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's uh like I'm again. Uh, Democrats, hypocrites, politicians, hypocrites. They are. They don't care. They're gonna scream one thing when the other side's in power that they're abusing their power. They're changing the rules, and then Democrats get into power and they're changing the rules. It's. It seems like Congress and basically the legislative and the executive branches have been playing on like monopoly rules for the last 30 years. They're making up things now. Like it's like playing board games with your cousin. Like they, they just start making up some stuff and they're, they're trying to cheat. I mean, when, what happened to there being limits on what they can do? It really seems like the government is limitless at this point. They can do whatever they want. If you ask people 20 years ago, do you think it would be possible for the government to tell people to stay home or to shut down their business or you'd be arrested or fined? Like, no, people would say, no, that's ridiculous. That could not happen. Not in America. We have freedom. Psych, wait till COVID. 
somebody you know <laughs> ate, a, ate a bat, right. and now we all got to stay home for a year. We half the population is going to be losing their businesses, losing their homes. I mean, th- it's ridiculous. Why do people not care about this? Like I, again, like I'm trying to be like the beating this libertarian horse to death. Like do, do people not understand that the government does not care for you, and they just mm-hmm. want to trample all over your rights and when people are advocating for big government on one side i don't understand it because wait till they go to the other side and they're going to take away your rights and that you're not going to like it and you're going to complain christian 1.9 trillion dollars could be used for a lot of things um they call it they call it covid you know it's a COVID relief but how much of it's actually relieving covid how many? How much money is being sent out to small businesses that were forced to close? Therefore, it's on the hands of the U.S. government. How much money is going into the hands of private citizens that have been directly impacted by being able, unable to go to work, school, everything else that they normally do in their everyday life? And then, how much money are we sending overseas to different countries that we have no hand and no business in being in, for for who knows what reason? And we have plenty of issues that we need to solve right here on our soil. <laughs> It's just my, big, my biggest questions that I have in regards to this. I don't think they're working in our best interest here. It's just the same thing as passing a budget that they do at the end of the year. Every year, they put together 5,000 pages. They submit it three hours before it's due. And they say, okay, now you got to pass it. Okay, here it is. Now you got to pass it. You don't get a chance to read it. And it's filled with poison. Absolute garbage. How much of this stuff, how much stuff in that, in that stimulus is going to go towards illegal aliens to non-citizens? I just want to know. I really do. And I don't know if I'd be able to read. I, I'm not going to read 5,000 pages of crap to try to find it. It's, it's poison. It's absolute poison. It's disgusting. The American people deserve a lot better. Yeah, a lot of other things in this bill. Um, now, apparently, Joe Biden is still trying to get bipartisan support. So he's willing to concede on some things. Like originally, the $1,400 checks are supposed to go to people. They're making 75K and under. Now it may be changed to 50K, um, which is somewhat of a concession by the Democrats, if that even sticks into the final bill, uh, which I don't think it will, knowing this new Democratic Party we're dealing with. Um, Also, the $15 minimum wage might be hiked and put into law through this bill. Of course, we're trying to fight because, I mean, it, it's it's just going to balloon the deficit, balloon the government. Um, but what now, what do you guys think about that part? The $15 minimum wage hike? I want to throw uh, up. Unemployment's going to go through the roof. I, I mean, it's not going to help by any means. So many people live in a fancy world thinking that they're going to actually be making $32,000 a year because of $15 an hour minimum wage. When in reality, their hours are getting cut or they're getting laid off. Mm. And they won't be making near amount of money that they were beforehand. Uh, Go ahead. Like people just think, and I, I've seen this, you know, on social media, people will post about the minimum wage and everyone in the comment. I remember seeing this comment. Somebody was like, don't open a business if you aren't willing to pay your employees a livable wage. I'm like, okay, well, I guess you'd rather those employees not be able to work at all. Like I, I last time I checked, employment is a contract between the employee and the employer, not the employee, the employer and the government. Like why does the government again have to be in everything? Every 
single thing that we do. If I want to work for, let's say, you know, uh, Christian has a mansion. I say, Christian, I'd like to clean your mansion for $10 an hour. Do I, am I not allowed to do that? Do I not have the mental capability to decide what my labor is worth? Uh, apparently I need the government to do that for me. I need the government to tell me how much my labor is worth. Uh, I, I understand why the minimum wage was implemented. I'm against the minimum wage. I feel like the free market uh, is a better indicator than the government on how much labor is worth. Um, you, and I, I think I've said this before, uh, I worked in fast food for four years. No one in fast food is worth $15 an hour except for maybe the managers, maybe depending on the location and depending on the, the restaurant. Uh, if I was a cook, I know what it's like. That is not a $15 an hour, dollar, $15 an hour job. You do not deserve that. Um, you, I'm sorry, you get, get a different job or sue me. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and with this 15, Right. With this $15 minimum wage, I remember being at SAS and uh, do y'all remember the people that had the glitter, that, that company? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking with the business owner there and he said, hey, I was about to hire this person. I thought this person would have been a great employee, but they wanted $15 an hour and would not take the job unless they got $15 an hour. And he didn't hire him. And he said, do you know I can buy a machine? And that machine can do this job faster than you and probably better than you. And I don't have to give it uh, PTO. I don't have to give it health insurance. I don't have to give it sick days. Um, it will never be late. I can fix it. I can probably take a class on it for 1500 bucks and fix it for 500 with parts and labor. It, it, it'll equal up to 500 bucks. You know how much money I would save on getting a machine to do that. If they spike the minimum wage, that's what's gonna happen. I mean, it's already happening in McDonald's. Didn't you see there, if you go inside McDonald's, there's little touchscreen order machines that eliminated maybe four or five jobs per McDonald's. It, and that's just one instance. Uh, it, it's happening in Walmart. The scan and goes, goodbye cashiers. Everything is gonna be a scan and go. Um, you know, it's eliminating jobs that people actually need. It's sad to say it, but it's true. Some people actually need that seven twenty-five an hour job. Um, but I, but I'm just saying, you know, it everything is going to be automated because we because we want a mandate that a business has to pay us more money instead of letting the market decide how much it's worth, and if we have enough a bit, enough um, capital to give more money to, to folks, which Walmart can do if it wants to. And Walmart is fine with giving you a pay raise, but mandating a pay raise? I mean, now my rant's over, my rant's over. So the thing is here, these same people that claim to be so much against the corporations and the top 1% and the millionaires and billionaires understand by pushing for all these things that they're going to kick out every single small business and give everything over to the corporations. Just like we've seen through the COVID lockdowns, 
where the small businesses were closed, but Walmart, Target, Amazon thrived, mm -hmm. made more money than we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is going to happen when you push $15 minimum wage? These companies aren't going to go, they can, they can afford a $15 minimum wage. They can do whatever it is. They can fire more people and put more automated machines in there. They can be just mm -hmm. fine. The same thing is too, if they say $15 an hour, and then you have to provide health insurance. You got to mandate health insurance now. These, these small companies can't afford that. Walmart can. You know, all these other companies can. That's fine. They're going to literally kill the competition. It's going to be a corporate-run crap hole, excuse my language, and that's what you're going to have. That's what you're going to get. You're mm -hmm. going to have a lack of choice, lack of options. Everything that you held near and dear to your heart and your community is going to be gone, and it's going to be all corporatized. And it's going to, it's going to smash everything. It's going to smash the local economy. It's going to be terrible. And people don't think – they don't think ahead. People don't think – more than two seconds in front of them about what the real ramifications of this are, what this is going to entail, what this is going to lead to. It's not good. It's not good at all. Florida just voted for this. I don't know how. Florida goes red and then we vote yes to increase the $15 an hour minimum wage by 2025. I don't know how that happened. I don't know what the deal is, but that's it's just bad news. It's just bad news all around. Well, I mean, after Joe Biden and, you know, let's say that we have another time. Uh, well, yeah, after Joe Biden, uh, $15 an hour, that that might be like $3 after, you know, his presidency and all the what he's going to enact and basically how he's going to destroy our economy. So, you know, 2025, that might be not be too terrible. But the when they're trying to put it all over the country, make, basically make it a federal requirement that you must have a $15 an hour minimum wage, the only companies like you said Christian that are going to survive are the big ones, but also even small businesses in the just wealthier parts of the country will survive. Uh, how many businesses in Idaho are going to survive with $15 an hour minimum wage? It's going to be like, I don't have a grocery store anymore because no one can work there because they can't afford to have like hire anyway, or they're going to instead now my gallon of milk is $15. I have to pay that much so they can afford the, the employees. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're just seeing basically people look at what's right in front of them and they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have a livable wage. And right behind that, it's unemployment, uh, corporate, uh, run economy. And then also politicians lining their pockets because the corporates are paying them. Well, they're, they're running it. It's, it's a rigged deck. They got all the marbles. And people our age, unfortunately, look at that and say, yes, please take care of me. The government knows. They know what I need. They can take care of all of my problems. And then they get breadcrumbs. And a little bit later, then they get nothing. And then they get upset and wonder, how could this happen? Yep. How could this happen? How could this happen? We know exactly how this could happen. You know what? All right. Maybe maybe it should happen. Maybe people will wake up then. Let's hope. I mean, like, how far do we have to go? How far do we have to go until people actually realize that these things don't work and these things don't help? We we tried in 2018, leading up to that 2018 midterm. We, we tried leading up to 2018. We told them we couldn't afford Medicare for all. We couldn't afford these things. This is going to cripple the economy. It's not great. They didn't care. We lost the majority in the, in the House in 2018. The people said right away, we don't care. We want it. They want it no matter what. What's going to happen when they get it? 
Because here's the thing is once you give that up, you don't get it back. Once we give up our power, we don't get it back. So I don't I'm I'm a little bit wary about compromising, just saying, yeah, you know what, let them have it and then let them see what they get. Like because we know once we give that up, we're not gonna have that back. Wise words. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's the the sleight of hand of you know that they're, they've been pulling since the dawn of time uh so yeah 100 percent. we'll we'll see um how people hopefully more people could kind of think of it that way that i don't know why people think like oh the government has my best interests at heart like are you are you a child is santa claus still real uh it makes no sense <laughs> I got a better well, in a lot of ways, Chris, Chris, in a lot of ways, Santa Claus is still real. Just replace Santa Claus with Uncle Sam or with Bernie Sanders or now Joe Biden and, and well, Mrs. Claus with uh, Kamala Harris. And they're, they're bringing down a bag of goodies, Medicare for all and all of this other stuff. Man, uh, I don't want Kamala Harris to be going to come down the chimney with some handcuffs. And then we're all black, so of course the handcuffs are up. Yeah, it's gonna, she's going to have a search warrant and come through the chimney. Yeah, yeah uh, seriously. Wait, an illegal search warrant. It wasn't signed yeah. by a judge. There you go. Is John Roberts going to sign off on this? I, well, maybe he will, but I know Clarence Thomas wouldn't. No, he's one of the few uh, justices that I can count on every time to do what's right. Thomas, that's right. Yeah. So next, next matter uh, of topic here is AOC is capping. For those of you that might not know the term capping, when brought up by Urban Dictionary, capping refers to people that are lying or are deceitful or are putting on a facade with things that aren't necessarily true. So capping means lying yeah, in, the, in the case here. For the for the Gen Z people that know already, but um, Chris, what do you got for us here? <laughs> if I have not complained about the government enough in this episode, uh, mm -hmm. just buckle up and be ready because here we go. AOC is definitely capping. She's lying. She is a disgusting human being that has to make every single thing about herself. Uh, what happened is during the Capitol riot, um, obviously you had people uh, on the Capitol grounds, uh, you know, storm the Capitol. Uh, five people ended up dying that day. Very sad, uh, tragic. But AOC is claiming that there she was hiding in her office that her, I believe it was her chief of staff. I, I could be mistaken on the title, but whoever was in the office with her told her to hide in the bathroom because there were uh, those Trump supporting evil Nazis outside of her door, banging on her door, uh, trying to get in to essentially what she's trying to make it sound like kill her. Uh, the only thing, though, is Re Representative Nancy, uh, I believe it's Mace, uh, yes, from South Carolina, uh, is on the same uh, floor as her in the building that is actually about a 15-minute walk away from the Capitol. Uh, mm -hmm. So there was there were no one, there was no uh, protesters, no rioters, no uh, MAGA people in that hallway that day. No one was trying to break into her office. Representative Nancy, uh, uh, Nancy Mace said that, 
it's it was scary. It was uh, a, a terrible time. They did not enjoy it. They didn't feel safe. But there was nobody banging on her door. There was nobody trying to kill her. Uh, and the fact that she's telling the media this and she's exaggerating what happened, it is disgusting. It's immoral. And all it does is further divide our country. And AOC, of course, is going to play the victim on this again. Like we saw this last week when Ted Cruz tried to agree with her with something and she's saying Ted Cruz wanted her to die. Uh, it's AOC is like the little girl that cried socialism. She's going to continue and continue <laughs> until like, I, I don't know when she's going to stop lying. She's a pathological liar. Um, and everything she says, who I, I wish, I wish Dayla was here because she's from New York. I would say who in her district is voting for her. I don't understand. Like this, this message is for everybody in her district. Uh, if you voted for AOC, I apologize if I hurt your feelings, but you're an idiot. Um, and if you vote for her again, you are a bigger idiot than I think that you could actually be. It, you you surprise me with how many brain cells you have. I think it's actually negative at this point. If you vote for Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, uh, she be captain. I'll pass it to you guys. What do you guys think? Well, think about it like this. At, first off, I want to just say it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Smollett <laughs> because Jesse Smollett did the same thing. Yeah, yes, yes, they are, uh, Miss Evans. I, I did read that book, Radicals, by um, this man, and the tactics they're using pitiful, but they seem to be working at least in that district in New York. Um, but uh, what I'll say about AOC, she's a nut job. Uh, I and. For her to have not been there, but to say Ted Cruz is trying to kill me, and Ted Cruz was actually at the Capitol hiding in a bunker, and she wasn't. It, you've got to be nuts. You got to be completely off off your knockers, off your rock, whatever the term is. You, you've got to be nuts to even go out there and say that and accuse someone of that. And then you have a lot of people still believing her, believing she's right going to vote for her in 2022. Um, it, it, it goes back to the saying, everybody hates Congress, but loves a congressperson. I don't know who loves this woman. They, uh, the men that are voting for her must be really attracted to this girl and think they have a shot with her because it, this is plain crazy. It's Christian, what, what do you got on? It, it's beyond, it's past crazy. It's not just crazy. Like she's deliberately doing this and knows it's wrong. That's evil. That is evil. That, that's what it is. There's no other words for it. You deliberately deceive the American people into believing things that aren't true. Then they go and commit acts on behalf of what you said. That's a lie. That's on your hands. And then they go do bad things to people like us that have a different point of view for any sort of reason. And you feel justified. You feel totally fine because you had to make it about yourself because it had to be about you. Look at me, look at me, look at me. We're talking about taking down Wall Street, how corrupt it is, having a great moment, uniting all Americans for the first time probably since 9-11. Mm. And you have to turn around, oh, oh, you wanted me dead, you should resign. Oh gosh, after those right-wing terrorists are trying to kill me. My goodness, we can't have any nice things. We, this is why we can't have nice things, because of people like that. We can't have anything nice. She ruins everything. Everything she touches turns to garbage. Absolute garbage and trash. She deliberately yeah, lies. In the house empower her. Cory Bush is no better. Ayanna Presley's no better. Rashida Tlaib crying on the house floor today. My goodness, what a crock. 
What a sob story of garbage. These people, we're so easily deceived. I hope people aren't buying it. I feel like some people are buying it and they shouldn't be. But the people that actually believe that those tears are real and that everything they're saying is really true and actually happened didn't pay attention the last seven months of what happened in America when people actually died on the streets for no good reason at all because of pumped hysteria from the media and from Congress, people like them saying to get in the streets and to get loud. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's absolute garbage. It's trash. It's nonsense. She knows deliberately what's going on. She's pushing it. And just like, you know, my aunt over here was saying, they're using tactics. They're, they're playing straight up out the books here. They're playing straight out the book. <laughs> and the more we don't call them on it, the more they keep doing it. And that's when you get on the phone with your local con congressperson and you tell them to go call them on their crap because we've had enough. Because the longer we just sit by, it becomes more accepted and it becomes mainstream. These things right. can't be mainstream if this country is going to survive. This cannot be mainstream. I'm Christian, I'm they're, they're, the, the people that are listening to this and who believe this sob story, remember, they have pink and blue hair. They study gender studies or creative writing or uh, some BS degree, and they complain about their lives and their white privilege, which they live off of, but still complain about, uh, apparently, if white privilege really truly exists, they live off of it, but they complain about it. Um, you know, those are the type of people that are going in those voting boots and pulling the trigger for these folks. Uh, same, same with the black folks too that do this. Um, they're all pulling those triggers. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> oh, what's up? What's up, Ryan? Uh, so honestly, though, like these, these the these politicians, though, it, it makes it makes no sense because it's like uh, it's kind of seems like at least for liberals and Democrats right now, they have their blinders on. They had their eyes wide open, glued to CNN for four years straight. They didn't blink, but now in a week, their their side of the aisle will not stop doing stupid stuff. Like how many times, like Joe Biden, 40 executive orders, but they were against how many Trump passed, which I believe he passed nine in this first week. Uh, I believe that was his number. So four times the amount that Trump did, Joe Biden does, no one says anything. They had a problem with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a problem with Kayla. I always can't get her last name right. If somebody wants to fill in, I always say macadamia nut, but you know, oh. uh, McEnany or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it. McKinney. And I think it's just McKinney, honestly. I think it's just McKinney. Okay, there you go. Yeah. McKinney, there you go. And they had a problem with her. But now the, the redhead we got in now, oh, I'm, I'm going to circle back to that. I'm going to get back to you on that. Oh, conservative Twitter, you're going to be mad. But I'm going to continue to circle back. Okay, so you just prove us right. You just don't have answers. You got to flip through that big old notebook that somebody's writing for you, but you get paid $189,000 a year to say, I'm going to circle back. I Maybe I should be a Democrat. It seems like there's some money in that business. Uh, maybe I could say I'm gonna circle back. I'll I'll let uh, the press ask me as many questions as they can. I'm gonna circle back to that one in about four years or when Joe Biden dies. So we'll see. Politicians Chris. suck. Don't trust them. Chris, did you see my um my Facebook post I made with Jim Pasaki uh, singing "Callback Girl"? No, no, no "Callback Girl." I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it, I, it, it's called "Circle Back Girl" now. She she's a circle back girl. I, I really believe there were more people 
who were better qualified in communications to become the press secretary of the White House than Jim Psaki. She is an idiot. I'd rather Simone Sanders, and I don't like Simone Sanders, but I'd rather Simone Sanders because she spoke eloquently and she spoke clearly, you understood her, and she always she had an answer herself. for everything. You can actually handle herself. It's not even just about being like qualified this, that, not qualification. Your qualifications on how you do at the job. That's how you're gonna base your qualifications. Thank you. And uh, Jen Psaki is absolutely failing right now. <laughs> she is absolutely a dumpster fire. It is trash. Uh, Simone Sanders, I cannot stand her for her life of her, but she could actually hold her own when it comes to talking yes, to people in, in the crowds. She could actually do it. She yes. could actually do it. You're probably going to spew absolute garbage and crap every time she talks, but she could actually handle answering questions she from hold her own without right. saying I'm going to go back and actually having an answer. Whether it's, it's probably a lie, whatever she's going to say, but she's still going to have an answer at least. Mm -hmm. You're going to have an answer for somebody on something. Yeah, just not giving an answer is just, it looks tacky, it looks awful, it looks totally unprepared and unprofessional. You got to have something. Exactly. Anybody would have been a better choice. I think Joe Biden's dog that broke his foot would have been a better choice as, as press secretary. That uh, She just, it really is tacky. It, it just, I feel like she's just doing it out of spite for conservatives. Uh, so now, especially when she called out conservative Twitter, oh, I'm going to continue to circle back. Yes. So you're proving our point. You just don't have answers. Like, I feel like, I feel like at least our, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Kayla uh, McKenney, there you go. Uh, I feel like they would have had a better response to that. At least it probably would have been funny. I mean, CNN would have hated on it for seven weeks straight, but at least it probably would have been funny. Where this this woman was just just awful, just awful. She's gonna continue to be a dumpster fire though. So no, I mean, I don't know how much longer she's gonna last. I mean, is she passed two weeks. She passed two weeks now. Yes. Okay. Well, she lasted longer than Anthony Scaramucci. And that guy is a shell of a man and uh, very bitter. No, very tiny already, but very bitter. He's already short and small. And like, he's just very, very bitter. Just shrinks like gradually as the day goes by. I really <laughs> feel bad for that guy. I got to feel bad for the mooch, you know? He totally got the Trump derangement syndrome beyond belief that you would ever see. Boom. Segwaying into th this big topic here, Time Magazine released an article. Uh, is it today or yesterday? I believe it was today. Was it yesterday? Was it today? Uh, it was fairly recent. Yeah. And it's the title of it was The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Now, in this article, they go on to elaborate on how this election was uh, won, or, or in their words, uh, <laughs> I think it was, what exactly was the word that they used? You know, it, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. And then they literally said in in, in this in this article, they say, even though it sounded like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. Ad admitting to it in the article, like it's totally normal, like it's totally fine, okay? They go on to say, after election day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. And then, and then they say, in a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. 
Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. Oh, you mean the left-wing media and the corporations, like we've been saying since day one, that have been colluding and cooperating since day one? Oh, we didn't see this coming. How did you not? And, and, and this whole article, it unfolds literally how they got this election. Literally, how they took everything here. But we're just a bunch of conspiracy theorists here. We based on nothing. It was all a lie. It was totally not based on fact. When in this here, and I'll see how people could feel even more outraged now than ever before and feel their ang anger justified and validated for the way that they feel about this. When people want unity, when they're legit laughing in your face and acknowledging and telling you exactly how they took this election from you. A coordinated effort across all fronts. What do you, what do you guys got for that? I, I mean, well, they said the it was fortified. It wasn't stolen. It was fortified. Fortified. Yeah. Um, imagine if this, if if it was flipped, uh, if if Republicans were calling for massive uh, uh, voting by mail, if Republicans were calling for uh, states to change the rules for voting, uh, you know, having massive corporations and media to support them, uh, you would have people on the left screaming. At the, it would be like that the lady in the green at Trump's inauguration dropping to her knees and screaming. They'd be doing that for the next four years that Trump stole the election. And they did it for four years when he won legitimately. So, I mean, like, it, it really is just hypocrisy hypocrisy, hypocrisy. The left will continue to just say one thing and do the, exactly what they're condemning. They, I, I don't understand it. it. It really seems like they have just like short-term memory loss and just, that it, just like that, they forgot what they said because they're doing it right when they're in power. They're doing it right when they're in power. They don't care uh, what you think of them because they are going to win any means necessary. Uh, that's why Democrats are, are doing so well. They're going to continue to do so well because they are ruthless. They are cutthroat. They lie. They cheat. They steal. And Republicans continue to play by the rules. So, I mean, think. I mean, think about it. Vote. All we hear from the Democrats is voter suppression. Voter suppression. Now this is. Uh, this is well. I can't say it's voter suppression, but it's cheating. It, it it's basically cheating. It's breaking the law, changing laws. Um, like in Pennsylvania, that law was supposed to be wasn't supposed to be changed, and judges said it. This you're doing something that's against your own constitution, uh, it, and you're changing them within like uh, one day to try to accommodate something that now that now it's um partially a hoax and and now we can reopen but you use that as the basis for this mail-in voting which of course i knew was rigged because the union of the post of usps endorsed joe biden if i was donald trump i would have immediately said okay we're using ups or fedex or something else if we're gonna have to do this mail-in voting thing because you just said, okay, we're endorsing Joe Biden, which means most of our folks like Joe Biden, which means yeah. I, you, we, we should, it, we don't like you, Mr. Trump. Well, so Trump should have questioned here. everything. Yeah. The problem with the USPS, like you were saying, you know, people might not know, USPS has a total monopoly on partial mail. Yes. By the US government, 
The United States Postal Service is the only licensed way to send out parcel mail to households and to businesses. Okay, they're the only people that can do so, and they're sponsoring and endorsing a political candidate that's relying on their method of delivery for this election. That's going to have a big factor this election. Nobody bats an eye. Go ahead, Omar. I'm just saying. My no, 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 you're totally, you're totally right there, um, Christian. And not to dismay USPS workers. My uncle was one, and he's been one for what, 15 or 20 years. There, they are good people there. But at the same time, I would not trust this a service. If you're outwardly telling me who you're voting for, or who most of your people are probably going to vote for, and you're, and we have to have integrity that these folks are going to make sure my ballot is going to be counted. It will go to the voting precinct on time um, and be counted by the voting precinct. I don't trust it. And it, this, this magazine article really should be opening up people's eyes, especially the folks on the left who really think we should be reprogrammed. There are people in Congress calling for all three of us, all of us that voted for Trump to go to camps and be reprogrammed. You know what? Try, you know try what? to take me to a camp. And Germany killed those folks. You know, who know you, concentration camps. They killed those folks. They're killing folks in China right now uh, uh, and in concentration camps. North Korea, they're all doing that. But, and now that's acceptable in America, at least to some Congress people. That's scary. We need to wake up. That is, that is literally scary. Folks, mm -hmm. I'm. Uh, you know what? I should tweet out something to AOC saying, you literally want to throw me in a camp. You're no worse in Holocaust than the people who, who in the Holocaust who were killing Jews. You're no worse. I think you're going to kill me. Matter of fact, I should, I should throw out a restraining order against her right now. And I'm, and, and you know what? I'm crazy enough to do it. Can I, can I file a restraining order for every government employee in the, uh, in the United States? Because I don't want them near me. Uh, so if they, if they can't there come near me, then they can't take me to a camp. Uh, you know, big brain time, guys. We, we all got to fill out these. Uh, only, only essential staff. Only essential staff can be around me. <laughs> they, I'm like the actual I'm secretary. Yeah. I'm gonna file my restraining order against the IRS and my bank account. Stay away from my check. Uh, it is tax season, everybody. It is tax season. Uh, do I recommend that you pay your taxes? I say at your own risk. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say, you know, uh, now that uh, the IRS is going to need a lot more money because they are, or the government, I mean, is going to need a lot more money because they're dishing out money all the time. Uh, now with, you know, we talk about this bill. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, we're talking about this bill, $1.9 trillion. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm having a conversation earlier today with somebody and they're like, uh, well, the government can't have that much money. I'm like, no, they do. That's what's funny. We live in a deficit. They have unlimited money because you don't have a limit. If you can just spend and continue to borrow and borrow and borrow, there is essentially unlimited money. And that should scare every single person that is younger than Joe Biden. We're going to have to pay that back. Joe Biden is going to be in a hole six feet under. I mean, honestly, it could be any time now. Uh, but for us, 
I mean, we we got some good lives ahead of us. We're oh, I don't well, good subjective, but we got long lives ahead of us. We're gonna see what happens, and we're gonna have to pay this back. We're gonna have to work on this. This is gonna be our country. I mean, it is our country now, but I mean, we're gonna be the the leaders of this country in the next you know 10, 15 years. We're going to be the generation that has to pay this back. How are we going to do that when they continue to spend and spend and spend and borrow and spend up until what, what's the limit? How, how many trillions of dollars can we really owe? Hey, Chris, I, 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 got, I got a job for you in my administration. I'll take it. Uh, uh, office, of, office of Management and Budget. You get, you get to run that office. That's one of the most powerful uh, 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 positions out there. You you get to set the budget and send it to Congress. Cut I'm everything. Gonna, I'm going to make Trump look like a cream puff. I'm going to go up to everybody. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Everyone's fired. Get out. Go home. Like ter- uh, All of this government bloated, uh, let me say, something nice stuff. Uh, get rid of all of it because we don't need it. We don't need it. Let your state handle that. The federal government, you know what they want to do? They just want to take more of your money. And that's all they need is more of your money. Uncle Sam is starving without our dollars. Uh, and he just wants more of our money. It's uh, what's the, Was that your final thoughts, Chris? I mean, honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'll give one more sentence, honestly, like um, this is my not my time to tell everybody watching run for office, like run for office, please. It, it, don't don't let these old, disgusting, slimy politicians continue to control our lives It, it stick it to them like. Madison Cawthorn is really an inspiration. I don't agree with him on every single thing that he believes. I don't agree with anybody on everything, but he is a young, uh, energetic, uh, passionate person that ran and he achieved what a lot of people did not see as, as possible. Being 25 in Congress. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's four years older than me. I mean, that's insane. For If I thought to myself four years from now, I could be in Congress. That's insane. I, I, couldn't imagine it. Uh, I feel like that's just, uh, you know, a whole lifetime away. Um, it's run for office. It doesn't have to be Congress. It doesn't have to be the Senate. You don't have to run for president, run for school board, run for mayor, run for city council, run for city manager. Those things matter. They really do matter. They impact you more than you might know. Just because CNN's not writing an article about, uh, you know, where they're spending your tax dollars in your city or your county or your state, but they will write it about the federal government. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. You just need to, you, you just need to start with these stepping stones. If you want to get into politics, start now. Get a couple friends, throw $200, make some signs, and run. I am urging every single person. I want 2022 to be the year of the young people running for office. That's what I want to see. And those are my final thoughts. That was more than one sentence. (laughs) It was a a run-on sentence. (laughs) That's a long run-on sentence. I'd get an F in in a grad school paper for that one. Anyway... Um, my final thoughts. Hey, uh, like Christian keeps on saying uh, a lot, question everything. You've got to. Um, it you can't just take everything um, face by face value. Do your own investigations. Uh, that that's how I became a conservative. 
I, I used to be a flaming liberal. I used to be for abortion and for all of this other crazy things. Um, I, I used to want illegal immigrants to be full full on citizens with the snap of a finger and not um, doing it the right way. Uh, but I went, I did my research and I came to my own conclusions. Hey, this mess is not right. Um, also, I would like to say, go Chiefs. My high school classmate uh, that I actually took, I went to a small hold, high school. Hold, 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 hold on, we're gonna, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that in a second. Also, we're gonna get into that in one more second after this. Where we're gonna get to that, I'm gonna let you go into that. But get, give your final thought, then we're gonna go into the Super Bowl. We'll let you talk Super Bowl and what it means Why to you. Why didn't we do Super Bowl before final thoughts, man? We're gonna do the Super Bowl afterwards. Super Bowl's important. All right. <laughs> okay, well, okay, since I have to backtrack, sorry for the retraction, folks. Since I have to backtrack, um, you know, like Chris said, run for office. Go to your meetings, know who these folks are, uh, write them emails, because I promise you, somebody's going to read that email and they're going to get tired of it and either do something or they're going to call you in. And then you you have yourself. These folks work for you. I, I don't I don't care if you're even if you're 10 years old watching this, these folks still work for you because one day you're going to have to vote them in or vote them out. And, you know, they work for you. They have to make decisions on your behalf. That's how our government was created, to make decisions on our behalf. But we send them there with an agenda of what we want them to do. Then, folks, these people in Congress are not working for us. They're not working for our betterment. They're not working to do what we want, what we sent them there to do. They're collecting a paycheck. And we can't have that anymore. We can't have career politicians collecting a darn paycheck. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. You should be too. That Time Magazine article should be opening up some people's eyes. And if not, I, I don't know what else to say. Maybe we need to start a new country. Someone once told me that uh, politics was you know, supposed to be like a temporary job, not a whole bleeping career. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> But uh, <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Keep biting. Keep biting. That, 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 beep, that beep was there to be to be announced. It's coming. It was definitely there. Oh, it was there. But uh, oh man, if you're not if you're not seeing what's going on and the strings that are being pulled and how everybody's opening up now after a new administration came into power to make it look good, I don't know what to tell you. It's a politicized move. Um, it's okay if you were taken, you know, taken for granted, taken advantage of, and played as a pawn in this election. You know, we told you were. You didn't believe us, then you were. Okay, take your L, take your L, move on. But at least now, I hope you don't do it again. And if you do, it's what you get. The state of California, you we were locked down once. Then they locked you down again before Christmas. After the first time, you should have known better. Now they're letting you open up again. You should know better now. Don't let it happen again. You shouldn't. And if you do, it's on y'all again. <laughs> you know, that, that that's it. You know, live your life. Go to church. Have families. Make babies. Be free. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's my final thoughts for the, the night. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. What do we got here for Super Bowl? We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to play in Tampa, Florida, just up the road from me. Number one, screw Tom Brady. Screw the Bucks. 
Darn it, it should have been my Saints. Yes, I like to talk about the Saints. They are my team. It's like you're an Eagles fan. I'm a Saints fan. Yeah, yeah but I we know. want to win. We we won the last time throughout January. Then we won a Super Bowl the last time. When yeah, when when was, was the last time you've been to the playoffs? I, I just want to know that. Last, last year. Time. Last season. You were not there last year. Yes, we you were. You were not there last year. Yes, we Maybe were. We, we lost last year. How the first round? Huh? We lost to the Seahawks in the wild card round. Of the 2019 season playoffs. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, he's looking that up. Chris, what you got, man? Honestly, uh, I like to. Yeah, hey, I wasn't waiting all day for this. I know I'm right. So that's fine. I, I, I'll be quick on this because I'm not a huge sports guy. I literally watched the Super Bowl. That's the only football game I watch. But I, I'm I'm rooting for I'm gonna say the Buccaneers because uh I like the I like the underdogs and technically I would say that they're kind of the underdogs. And also see Brady get that that other ring, that that's you know pretty goaded. I wanna see that happen. Um so you know his kid can run on the field and he can kiss him on the mouth or something, you know. Whatever Tom Brady does. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so you know I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to the wings and the pizza because I'm picking out on that day. So I'm excited. There you go. But anyway, so my my, I just want to say my high school classmate Javaris Ward is a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. He won last year. A couple of years ago, he picked off Tom Brady, and I think I still think it's amazing that okay, we used to sit at the lunch table and talk about this guy, and he's picking him off in AFC championships. I that's mind blowing to me. So I hope he gets an interception. I hope it's the winning interception. Go Chiefs. That's it. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't know about scoring-wise. It could be – depends on if it's raining hard and if it's not. You know, it's still going to be in Tampa, so Florida great weather. But I think the I think the underdog here, I think Tom Brady comes through. I think the final score would be something like 34-31. to 31. I think the score is going to be 34-31. I think it's going to be kind of a shootout. I think the Bucks come out on top. Uh, I think the Bucks defense is better suited than the Chiefs defense. I think they're going to go ahead and pull it off. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles did go to the playoffs the last three seasons besides this one, Omar. So you're very welcome. <laughs> so just to answer your question. I remember last, one of those times I beat you in that playoffs, didn't I? You when's the last time? Right? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won the clothes. Who won you a Super Bowl? Won a Super Bowl, man. We won a Super Bowl. When, when, uh, when, when is the last time the Lions went to the playoffs? That's the real question, guys. Uh, it Lions. was against us. It, I think it was against the Saints. They, uh, they, had a, they had a really good year. It was like – I think it's – Jim Schwartz was the head coach. Jim Harbaugh was still the coach of the Niners. They had a really good year that year. I'm pretty sure they went that year. I think 2012. Yeah. I think that was 2012. Yeah. Well, 2011 season. You came, uh, you came down to the Dome and got, and got that butt whooped. They, yeah. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. This is why nobody likes Saints fans. This is literally why nobody likes Saints fans. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Hey, go hard or go home. Go hard or go home. Man, what was that? I, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be solid things for your time. Let's stay with you. Predictable how this is gonna go. I don't think there's any way to predict it. I don't think there's any way to predict it. 
I think it's going to be a good one. It's yeah. going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, I hope you all uh, enjoyed tonight. Uh, keep tuning in. Thank you again. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, send it to your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all at Black Friday NFS. If you want to donate, if you're interested in donating, uh, possibly donation and everything like that, making that happen, we can make that happen. We appreciate it. Uh, send either of us a message. Send Black Friday. We can send our page a message anywhere. We'd be happy to have you. And you guys have a great rest of your evening. Have a great weekend. See you next Friday.